Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode two of the NP Students podcast. Uh, this week, our word is uncertainty, which I know uh, you guys have probably been hearing a lot of right now. It's pretty much on every commercial, every advertisement. You're hearing it all the time. But we wanted to have a, a very real, very serious conversation about it. So I have two incredible famous, unbelievable, influential. Everybody's going to be like, how did you get those two? Grant and Madison are here on the podcast today, which is really amazing. Because you guys, we were just talking about this, have eight and a half years at North Point. Yeah. Maybe nine. I don't know. Yeah. And all of high school for you, Mm -hmm. like from freshman year on. And both these two are part of the class of 2020. So, mm-hmm. uh, class. yeah, we're going to talk in a second about why you guys are really great fits for this conversation, but also just tell people who don't know who you are uh, a little bit about you. Uh, Grant, no, you just graduated, uh, struggled in the athletic department a little <laughs> bit, <laughs> wish you could jump like me. Yeah. Actually, verticals yeah, doesn't do it. Yeah, I know. It, it really is down to six for me. Like, that, <laughs> that's like, that's a true. I never could really jump. So I want to clarify well, I there. Just, but I, earlier you said four. So I think uh, you, you just added. Yeah, you maybe added I'm being generous. Just for the effect. Yeah. Like how, the how tall are you? Like, not the basketball card, but like your real height. Like, how, 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 <laughs> like how tall are you? Basketball wise, probably six, four, six, five. Okay. But uh, on paper, I'm like five, ten. Okay. But you like literally play like six, five. Like, that is what you're known for. You, you literally can jump out of the building. And yeah, I can't do that at all. Like it really is I mean, fascinating to watch. Yeah, I. And it's only wanna. gotten worse since high school for me. Like it's, I'm really gravity challenged. It's sad to watch. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> we'll move on for that because that's not the point. Um, and then Madison, you also played basketball. I and did. Then, uh, graduated this class 2020, and beyond starting a, a company when you're 16, have done not much <laughs> with your life. So that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, thank you guys for being here. Um, There's a a lot of reasons that uh, I'm excited for you guys to be a part of this conversation. One, because we have uh, traveled the world together, and I'm Mm -hmm. excited to share some (laughs) stories from that because it's really relevant to our conversation as well. Um, But also because of our topic, because of uh, this idea of uncertainty, just from being a part of this graduating class, I really do. I mean, the year of 2020 is going to go down in history books and you guys graduated with this class. So uh, just your experience with that, I want to hear from you guys. Then I just happen to know enough about your personal stories as well uh, to know that you guys have been through a lot for people just graduating high school. Like you've experienced some real life and I think it prepares you to, you know, speak into these conversations in in some unique ways. So um, let's jump in. Real quick, y'all's opinion. Um, you're going to find I'm very random on these, but because you both play basketball, are you guys enjoying the bubble, like the NBA yeah. bubble? Are you I like, am. It's fun. Okay. I feel like it's like controversial. Like some people are like, oh, it's it's lame. And there's no, I, I'm like loving it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just neutral. Yeah. It's not, no home team, no away teams, no yeah. fans. Like it's just like, it's pure basketball. Yeah, and it's like unique. It's like one year yeah. you can hear everything they say. Well, what I've, what I've loved about it is keeping up with like the Instagram yeah. Accounts of all the players, yeah. like uh, Jamal Murray. I think that's his name. I yeah, may, I may sound pretty dumb. Yeah. Um, but he saw Donovan Mitchell the like an hour after they had just they lost, and Donovan Mitchell had like fifty-seven points. Yeah, he's like, I gotta see this dude. And he's five like sitting minutes outside. After. Yeah, yeah, because they're all so tight knit. They're all so stuck in the weird. Same place. Yeah, it's so surreal. Like watching all the stories coming out. Of that. Who do y'all think is gonna take it? you have any early um, I personally am a Rockets fan, and they currently <laughs> right now in their series are 2-0 and without Russell Westbrook. So 
Wow. That, that's looking good, I think. Yeah. Well, we'll probably face you guys in the next round. By we, I mean Do Lakers. not claim the you Lakers. And, you and LeBron <laughs> are the I, same. I've been a Lakers fan for oh, a long, long day time. One. Like, day one. Yeah, specifically mm-hmm. about a year and from a half. Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> LeBron went there. <laughs> I really am from Cleveland, so I'm a lifelong LeBron fan, but I'll be for whatever retirement YMCA team he plays for when he's 60. <laughs> I just travel with him because the Cavs are painful to you know root for. Constance. Abby knows what that's like. Abby's here in the studio <laughs> with us today. The only Texas team to not be in the playoffs right now. <laughs> Uh, is the Spurs? Ouch. Yeah, Pop acting like he didn't care about Great. that Papa in that conference. Abby says he doesn't. You know he cares. Um, <laughs> I don't want to bash Pop. He's he's a legend. I love Pop. Anyways, I do too. I don't know why I said that. I apologize. If Pop's watching right now, which I'm sure he is, <laughs> I'm sure. I, I love you and respect you. Um, so, anyways, <laughs> no, we were talking about this. Like it is, we were talking. There's a positive side to uncertainty. I feel like we're going to talk about a lot of the challenges of uncertainty that today. Mm-hmm. But we were saying, you know, Sharon, I was walking watching the first Lakers game Tuesday night. And I fell asleep at halftime because I'm, you know, old now. I think it was like 9.30. And, uh, but then I like woke up at midnight and I knew what the score was. I had alerts oh. on my phone and stuff, but was like watching it back, knowing the score though. And that's a whole different, like if you've ever Not done that. Fun. Yeah. If somebody's like ruined a game for you, but you recorded uh. it and you watch it back, it's a totally different experience, yeah. right? There's something to uncertainty that like you don't know what the game is going to be. Uh, you don't know if the girl or the guy is going to say yes. You don't know if you're going to yeah. like get the job. You don't know if you're yeah. going to get into the school. I mean, there's so much to that that like, I don't know, it adds. Well, that's, that's the fun of it, I think, is like you don't know what's going to happen. So you're thinking about it 24-7. You're shaking. Like you don't, you don't know what's going to happen. And if it turns out good, it's like I enjoyed that. It was yeah. fun. I was nervous. It came out well. But if it comes out bad, it's more of like a, uh, I didn't really like that uncertainty. Yeah. Well, I think that's why it's such an interesting topic because on, like on both sides, on one side is like failure, rejection, yeah, loss. I mean, terrible things. Yes, exactly. And then the flip side is, you know, success and relationships yep. and all kinds of everything you know, achieving good. your dreams. And yeah, so literally it's everything good. Literally everything good. So it's like this big wall we got to navigate. Line. Yeah, no, I, I feel that. Um, so let's see this. Let's start with y'all's um, story, some of your experiences a little bit, because that is what I want people to know. Um, you know, at the beginning of the time, if they don't, just some of your insights, uh, some of your experiences. Um, because here's what I think makes uncertainty tough. We talked about this in the episode. To kind of recap the episode a little bit, if you haven't watched um, Wired yet or Reset, Wired is Transit and, and Reset is our Inside Out episodes. We said the opposite of certainty, like what we're going for is not certainty. It's not, you can't ever know what exactly is going to happen tomorrow. That's yeah. It's just not what we should be chasing after. It's not helpful. Um, and like we just talked about, it may not even always be good. We said the opposite really is trust. The the whole need for trust is that you don't know what is going to happen tomorrow. So that, that is what makes, um, you know, trust necessary. And so we started to have this conversation to say, we want to get really practical these next two weeks with what does it look like to trust? And even specifically, what does it look like to trust God practically? And I think for a lot of people, trusting is it's some kind of feeling. It's some kind of belief. Um, we think it's supposed to come easier than it does. And when you experience the realness of life and the difficulties of life and the loss yeah. and the setbacks of life, I think for a lot of people, that's when trusting gets really hard. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I know I've you know referenced this a couple times already, but I know that you two have been through a lot of that. And so I want to talk about those stories in particular um, to kind of navigate our conversation of what does it look like to, to really trust God. Yeah. And Grant, I want to start with you. And I know this story, you know, kind of overlaps yeah. both of you. Um, 
But so many people, if we were to rewind, you know, a couple of years back, um, so many people listening to this right now, uh, even if, you know, they're younger, um, at least heard of Miles Hutchison, like at least have a familiarity with a lot of people were impacted by him, close to him, inspired by him. And some people watching, you know, very, very close friends, which I know, Madison, you Mm -hmm. fall in that category, too. Um, For you, like you would categorize Miles as like best friend we're not just yeah. talking like oh he's one of the guys like like number one closest friend brother like yeah you know. like first second grade yeah on like we were going on a vacation we we're bringing somebody like that's who was coming with us yep. kind of thing yeah and, and as and as much as you know so many people were in kind of this like shared suffering um when miles passed like for you and yeah. your family like it, it was to a different level like for you guys oh, it was yeah. just, i mean that's he, he called my mom mom and I called his mom mom like it was mm-hmm. like a son yep. type of thing so it was, was kind of surreal it was really crazy yeah yeah so when you go through you know a moment like that if we're going to revisit that yeah. a little bit and you grow up and you hear these things you know like trust God you hear things like God yeah. has a plan you know you hear things like God loves you and God's going to protect you and all this kind of stuff and you're like you know but my best friend isn't here anymore yeah. you know what what was that season like for you I think it's something obviously we've had a lot of conversations that will impact yeah. you for the rest of your life but I'm yeah. I'm talking even like the first you know six months like that window immediately after what was that like I mean obviously immediately when I found out in the days after it wasn't I wasn't really thinking God mm-hmm. like that wasn't at the forefront of my mind it was right. I mean there was probably some times where I was like why God but I wasn't like God, 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 like it was, I don't know how to explain it. It wasn't really just one thing. There was a lot of different aspects to it mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yep. Yeah, it's complex. Yeah. It's complex. What is, you know, when you start thinking about like as you're trying to figure out like what's next, like how do I even like navigate this craziness? Um, you know, a lot of students were impacted a lot of different ways. We all have different ways of dealing with it. Um you know, I have heard, you know, from your small group leaders and in some of my conversations with you that, you know, not that there's a right way to handle pain yeah. and loss and tragedy, yeah. but that you did some good things, especially for somebody in a situation like that. Nobody's going to be like perfect yeah. at that. But in terms of being like a man, I, I would want to go talk to this guy about yeah. how he handled loss and tragedy and setbacks and having to trust God in that period. What were some of the things you remember doing that helped started like navigate the craziness? I just remember, I guess... I've always, like, tried to be a rock type of thing for other people. Like, right. if they need something, they can come to me and they can trust me and let loose and just rant, whatever it is. And I'll be there. I'll try and help them if I can't. I'll try and empathize. But um, so in that, I guess I guess in that moment, like, in those weeks after, I just kind of saw everybody was just kind of clueless. Mm-hmm. They didn't know where to go next. They weren't uh, – I don't know how to explain it. They weren't – in the know, I guess. They didn't know what they were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing I thought of was, I don't either. Yeah. I'm, I'm just as clueless as y'all. But maybe if we put two heads together, we can figure out the next step. So I, I tried to be a rock for the people around me. I mean, like if somebody needed something, I would I would reach out to people. I would ask them if they were okay. I would ask, because people don't do that too often. You know, you, not too many people text. And they're like, mm-hmm. hey, how are you? They're mm-hmm. usually like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's a bad example. I'm trying to. It's really hard to put it into words. Yeah, but yeah, I guess just trying to be a rock, and that helped me. It made me feel better, knowing that there was other people going through the same thing as me, yeah. and that they were with me as I was with them, kind yeah. of thing. It yeah. just helped me. 
Yeah, it almost seemed like observing you in a time when a lot of people were withdrawing and disengaging and, yeah. you know, trying to like numb or hide or run from pain. Yeah. It felt like you were one of the voices like engaging. It felt like, you know, you were speaking into relationships, like you were beating yeah. people. You were like, hey, I want to get with my small group leader. Like yeah. you were willing to like confront and be in the pain. Well, yeah, I mean, I also wanted to understand it. Mm-hmm. I wanted to understand like why God would do something like that. Like those why God moments. I was really confused. Mm-hmm. It never got to the point where I like, I hate God. Like I, I'm not a Christian anymore type of thing, yeah. but it was more of like a, why would this happen? I know like you hear it all the time. Like somebody passes, uh, why would God do this? But like, I genuinely was curious. And so I just, I went to people that I knew would have much better answers than I did. And I asked them, I was like, like, I don't understand this. Will yeah. you try and unpack this for me? Yeah. Like, I know you can't, but will you try and explain something that will help me through this? And a lot of time it was not super helpful, yeah. but I mean, there's a few conversations I had. It was a kid in my small group. This is, this is probably the thing that helped me mm-hmm. most personally Yeah, was that um, he said, it's a waiting room. Like the earth where we live, this, this world mm-hmm. is a waiting room. And so theoretically, I guess, I don't know if that's the right word. Um, we're waiting to get into heaven. It's a waiting room. Mm-hmm. All we're doing is living here and mm-hmm. spreading the word and trying to get as many people into heaven mm-hmm. as we can. Mm-hmm. That's our job here on earth. And so I guess what really helped me through that and why that helped me so much was he was ready. Like it was his turn. Like he was already there. Like he had loved people so unconditionally, which is something that most people never accomplish. Like most people could never do what he did and love other people. Like he did. I could never, like I try, everybody tries, but like it's, it's impossible. And so the way I thought of it was he was already there. Mm-hmm. He had already accomplished that yeah. love, pure love, just pure love. And so God was ready for him. Yeah. He had impacted so many people yeah. like that it was like, it wasn't, yeah. It's hard to describe. Yeah, it's really, it's it's like, <laughs> when you think about it, it makes total sense. But then when you try and verbalize it, it doesn't yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, the, some of this you're trying to describe something that until you've, you know, lived through is difficult, you know, yeah. to completely put into words, you know, and trying to put yourself in somebody else's situation. I think it's interesting to think about the ripple effect, even of what, you know, you just described, because from what we know of, of Miles' story, yeah. you know, is that Miles engaged his pain. I mean, his setbacks in life, you mm-hmm. know, his medical condition he has when he's young. And he's like, I'm going to use this as a reason to love the people around yeah. me. I'm not going to mm-hmm. use this as a reason to say, like, why me? But I'm going to love people as a result of my story because I have an appreciation for life that a lot of people don't, right? Mm-hmm. And then that, you know, overflows and inspires to you to say, like, hey, this horrible thing has happened in my life, so I can either withdraw or I can engage, yeah. right? I can engage in the moment, and you see that, like, kind of ripple effect start yeah. to happen, which is interesting to, like, you know, watch and observe from you guys and, and so many of his closest friends. I mean, so many people in that time period. So that's, that to me just seems like the biggest thing I keep seeing from you is like, it's not an overnight thing. It's not yeah. like just the emotion goes away. It's not like you get the, the perfect answer, yeah. but you choose to, to keep engaging. And I think the reason that I like that so much. And when we were talking, you know, behind the scenes is, is I think people are like, when they think about trusting God, they think about an emotion that needs to flip or switch yeah. or something like that. And it's, it's nonstop it's praying or it's not, yeah. I'm not saying praying, prayer, yeah. but I think that's a big portion of trusting God. But 
I just want people to see that it's, it's the action that you took yeah. to say like, Hey, I know I'm better with people, so I could withdraw right now, but yeah. I'm going to stay engaged with my small group. Yeah. I'm going to keep asking these tough questions. I'm going to keep loving people in this season. Yeah. And even though the emotions might not have caught up yet, you, you kept engaging and yeah, there's I mean, a trusting element to that. If you try and just go straight off emotions, like you said, it's, you're never going to get anywhere. Like that's not going to accomplish anything. You're either just going to become depressed and sad and never find happiness or you can go out and find it. Mm -hmm. You're not just going to find happiness sitting in your room, listening to sad music with the lights off. Like you're, you have to go out and find it. And I found that the best way that I find happiness is through other people. I, I find a lot of happiness being with people and hearing people's stories and being there for people. And so I think that's really what made me realize that oh, I have to go do this. I can't just sit here and hope it comes to me. Yeah. I got to go find it. So that's why I would ask mentors if they wanted to meet. I'd ask friends if they wanted to go grab coffee or something, have people over for dinners, just have fun, just try and see what could come from it. Yeah. Well, I think that's what's so helpful to the people listening to this right now is, you know, I, I certainly don't want to act like the pain you went through is exactly the same as the pain people are going through right yeah. now in this season of COVID and the mm-hmm. world we're living in right now. But yes. the exact same time, people have the opportunity to just kind of withdraw yeah. and just try to wait For out sure. this season or to engage in this season and to say, there's a lot of people around me right now that are hurting. There's yeah. a lot of people in my small group I can be there for. I have small group leaders in my life that want to be there for me, that want to connect yeah. with me. You know, so we have maybe more opportunities right now than we've ever had to love people because of yeah. how many people are hurting and confused right now. And so there is something to that that is consistent for kind of all uncertainty or all pain, or, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Madison, I know for you, first of all, I mean, you're super involved in that same thing. I mean, you're mm-hmm. part of that inner circle, that friend group. So you were anything but, you know, not, not impacted by yeah. that, that situation. But we were talking before this that that was, that was one of three losses in three years for you. Yeah. Um, so I'm just interested to hear for, to catch people up a little bit on your story. Cause even you know, about a year before that you had gone through something with your family to kind of kick off a crazy season. Yeah. For you. So at the beginning of 2018, um, my cousin, he had, uh, uh, he was bipolar. He had a lot of mental things that he was struggling with mm-hmm. and, um, he had Lyme disease mm-hmm. and for that, for someone is that's where, you know, your whole mind gets kind of taken over by the negative thoughts. So once you're in that negative state of mind, you can't get out. So he um, took his own life, and that he lives in Tennessee. So we flew up there and did all of that. And at that time, I was was not for sure in my faith. I was definitely kind of lingering here and there. I was kind of bored. I was in the middle of high school, you know. I didn't see my cousin that often, maybe two or three times a year. But it was still like that is crazy that he is such a good like he loved God so much and he loved people so much. Like that's just crazy that a disease can do that to you. So that was kind of my thing. And then I started Meals from Madison. And that was kind of a tribute to him, um, which changed everything. I was way more involved at church. It gave me something to do and me and my friends to do. Um, It was just a different experience. But then as the year went on, um, I became so invested in church. So it was like I was with 
my friends all the time. I was at church all the time. And then uh, that's how I got so close to Miles was being here. And so when he passed, I think that was one of the biggest things in my life where I was like angry at God. Mm -hmm. That was the one time because I was so invested Mm -hmm. in church Mm -hmm. that when he passed, I saw how good of a person he was that I was just angry. Yeah. And for me, I was the complete opposite of Grant. I wanted to shut down. I wanted to be alone. And to have friends like him and our inner circle who really pulled you out of that and said, you can't Mm -hmm. do that. Mm -hmm. That's not, we're going to get through this together. Mm -hmm. So for me, where I had this anger because he was gone and so many people were affected by it. Mm -hmm. I had the best support system and it took me a little while to realize that because all I wanted to do was shut down and be like, life sucks. Everything is horrible. But I had these people that said no and they really pulled me back in. And that's where I kind of, had to find that trust with God again. Just to give people a context, I mean, part of the reason I think that resonates so much is, you know, you talk about Meals for Madison, just to give people context. This is a nonprofit you start when you're mm-hmm. 16. You know, your heart is 16. is broken to, to make a difference, to love people, specifically in the homeless community. Yeah. So you're you're delivering thousands of meals a year, you know, th- drives, you know, that you put on, Camp 75, My Life, all of mm-hmm. that. And so you're like, you're engaged in church, like you're doing good things and you're not just like attending, you're like loving your neighbor. You're doing Mm -hmm. like everything that we talk about. Right. And then Miles is a guy that for people didn't know him, like he's like, it just doesn't get much better in terms of like character, kindness, loving others. Right. So you're doing the right things. This is a great guy. And by all of the kind of church cliches, if you will, it feels like things should be going good in life for you. You know what I mean? If we're going to buy into the like, well, when God has a plan, it means everything is always like fine and perfect and we never go through anything bad. So then, you know, you have this second major loss in a year. Mm -hmm. And I think with all that context, it makes sense. The anger route is like appropriate. Like it just makes sense that that's It was a different angle for me because it was like my first loss, my first big loss of my life was a cousin that I saw two or three times a year but was still in contact with. My second big loss was someone who I talked to every day. Mm -hmm. We hung out all the time. And it was someone who was genuinely there for me at my dark times. And I was trying to do the same thing for him. Mm-hmm. It was just, it, I, I say that friendship, I had only known you guys and Miles for about yeah. two years. Mm-hmm. So the way that that just kind of happened so fast, like they instantly became my closest friends. Yeah. And now going through that loss together they, I know that they are friends that I will never, ever lose. Like, we're going to be friends forever, as cliche as that sounds. Yeah, sure. But we yeah, went sure. through such a hard time together yeah. that I know that I will, yeah. I'm never going to lose that connection. What's crazy about that, something that's something that stood out that you said, um, was that you had that support system because of church. You found those people and they pulled you out and you couldn't hide and wallow in your room by yourself mm-hmm. what's crazy is that if you would have started coming to church a year later then you wouldn't have had that support system you wouldn't exactly. have known those people so i and think I that's kind of yeah. a thing that's like it's a big god thing mm-hmm. like it wasn't good it was a terrible awful thing but you look to god and something good came from it 
Yeah. You now have friends for the rest of your life. You had a support system. Mm-hmm. You talked about it. You worked your way through it type of thing. And you wouldn't mm-hmm. have had that unless you were a part. Exactly. North Point. Yeah. And I, I think what what's interesting is it didn't stop there for you. Right. Huh. So like you're like learning how to process all this. I think this is so funny because we were we were just trying to remember the pieces of these couple of years. And there were things that you had forgotten about. Like you've forgotten about like more pain in your life than I feel like some people have had yet in their life because we were talking about medical things. I mean, surgeries you've had, yeah. you like broke and then rebroke your ribs. You've yeah. got a, like a, a thing lot. in your neck right now. A you might have a neck <laughs> surgery. It's kind like, of like I forget about all of the like physical stuff. Yeah. I just, the mental yeah. stuff is what gets me. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's a thing that I think you start to observe and, you know, especially, you know, people that, you know, even that are, are older than any of us that have yeah. been through a lot of pain, they start to have this perspective on life. Mm-hmm. That's like, they've, they have gone through it. They have yeah. grown through it in ways that I don't even know if we can really know about until we've been there and we've mm-hmm. gone through, yeah. but you have this perspective. If you're like neck surgery, what neck surgery, a couple broken ribs, who cares? Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> these things, cause you have a different perspective on what is most meaningful in life now that exactly. is the result of somebody who's been through a lot of, of what you have. So, you know, we planned this uncertainty, you know, message, you know, a, a couple months ago and say, this is what we're going to be talking about a week ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you're in another phase of all of this uncertainty, you know, personal tragedy. And so, um, I think that's interesting even to give context to that. Cause like right now in this moment, this isn't just like looking back, you've gone through it. Like you're in it as we're having yeah, this podcast, exactly. you know? Um, so a week ago, uh, my uncle has had been this is just another part of the story. My uh-huh. uncle, who I am very, very close to, mm-hmm. um, like another father figure right. to me. I stayed the night at my cousin's house all the time when I was a kid. I have all these precious stories. And when, right after Miles had died, at the beginning of 2019, my uncle was diagnosed with leukemia. The year of 2019, he had gone from losing his hair, growing it back a little bit. Well, when we got to Christmas... He was attending all my basketball games. He was there um, out of the hospital for Christmas Eve tradition. And he looked amazing. Like, his hair was there. The beard was there. He was laughing, smiling, cracking jokes. And here we are eight months later, and he's gone. So a week ago... When we first got the news that the doctors could not do anything more for him, which was about two weeks ago, um, he was current. He was at that time he was in MD Anderson, MD Anderson, mm-hmm. which is in Houston, mm-hmm. and all of his family's in Houston. But obviously, all of his other family's here. So like, wife, my cousins, everyone was here. So that was hard. Plus COVID, he can't see anyone when that started no one could go visit we he was by himself um we get the call about two weeks ago that says there's nothing more that that we can do he's gonna go into hospice then you know we have to say our goodbyes um my uncle basically he had there was a group of people that he wanted to say goodbye to and so, obviously, me, my dad, and my sisters all went to see him. And it was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. So, for him to lay there and me just hold his hand and talk and have that conversation, obviously, I was so excited and relieved that I was able to see him. But it was the hardest thing because it was, like, the last time. 
me and my dad ended up going in there when he kind of felt good. He was sitting up watching baseball. Me and my dad went in there and we talked to him for like 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And it was the best conversation that I could have walked away with. It was, we talked about all old memories. He, we cried, we lay, we hugged each other and he would just tell me, you know, all this inspirational stuff. You're so different. You know, you are going to make a difference. I love you so much. And please don't go a day without forgetting that. That was the conversation that that was our last conversation mm. last Friday. So August 14th at 1150, my cousin texts me and is like, it's over. He's mm. gone. We know for sure. And my f- first response was like, you're joking. Same thing with miles. My first response when someone told me that was like, are you sure? Mm-hmm. Did you check? Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, I didn't really know what to do. I couldn't just sit around my house and wait because I needed to be there. So I got in my car, me and my dad went over there and I saw him again, but he wasn't there. And that was hard, but I needed to do that for myself. Sure. So that whole experience is something that I am still like very deep into. Right. Every day is like kind of like a blur. Yeah. Like all I can think about is that same day over and over and over again and seeing him for the last time. The difference between having that anger where I did with Miles was with this for my uncle, it was more so I didn't have that so kind of anger. Mm. I was more so relieved yet sad that he was gone. Yeah. Well, you... You know, as as you go through that, first of all, I mean, thank you for being here and having this conversation today. Oh, yeah. Second, I'm sorry for you and your family. I mean, knowing we've had conversations about this before, but, um, you know, just as you're sitting there talking about it, I know that to talk about it is one thing to, you know, be in it and go through it and mm-hmm. you walk away from this conversation and you're still in it, you know. Um, I, I think that's part of what's interesting is a lot of times for conversations like these, we want to say like, oh, I, I want to talk about it, you know, a year later when I have perspective and it's in mm-hmm. hindsight and I've learned and I've grown and I'm like, well, you know, like you're, you're in the middle of the pain and so are people watching this, you know, yeah. like some, I don't know what everybody's going through experiencing this right now, um, but it's fresh and it's raw and it's real right now. So I know I appreciate, you know, for that reason, you've been mm-hmm. willing to talk about it too. I've had conversations with you to be like, I don't know what it is going to be, but you are going to write books or you're going to start a company or you're more than one that you already have. You know, it's like (laughs) there's just, I I just fundamentally like when people go through pain um, and and choose to try to learn from it, like you have, Mm -hmm. like choose to try to engage it like you have, it's just a growth mechanism like any other. And, you know, I think as a result, you already have started to help and impact Mm -hmm. and love so many people because of what you've gone through. Um, but you will continue to do so much more as a result. And it's exactly what you're talking about. You're already experiencing loss differently today than you have in the past. Exactly. Like, you know, the fact that you use the statement in there, like when somebody passes, like you, you, you know what this is like, like, you know, you're, you're 18, or you're 19, you're 18, 18, right? Yeah. You're 18 years old and you have like a pattern to this. Like, mm-hmm. you know, on one hand, I would never wish that on anybody. And then at the exact same time, you're, you're seeing some of this, you know, growth already in your perspective, mm-hmm. the way that you talk about it, the things that you've taken away. Um, that I just wanted people to hear, you know, from you and, yeah. and the way you told that and the way you told that story, um, et cetera. Because I think for me, what I, I really want to do, you know, I, kind of with the second half of our conversation here, if you will, or closing of our conversation yeah. is just to make 
is to make that trust practical, Mm -hmm. you know, to be like, okay, you know, what do I do? Like when I don't know how to just like have more faith or I don't know how to believe more, like tell me like what to do. I wish I had faith of so-and-so that you imagine it's really easy for, I don't think it's easy for anybody, but you know, you have that person that you imagine it's really easy for, like, what am I supposed to do? And that's kind of what I want to talk about for the rest of our time is thinking about, you know, what you guys did in those circumstances, what somebody can do. I think it's really important to clarify, like, None of the three of us are here because we're the yeah. experts at this. Oh, yeah. We're, yeah. we're like three here because we've all struggled with this. Yeah. And so we can just talk about like how, how do you struggle through this to trust more and, and what does it mean to actually trust God? Um, but we have a couple of verses that we were talking about ahead of time that I just, you know, I think are clarifying. Um, one of them just kind of dispels, you know, any kind of idea that, you know, if you have enough faith or if you trust enough, like yeah. everything will be okay be and it'll never be pain. Yeah. Because no. Jesus literally promises the opposite, mm-hmm. which is just something that's so interesting to me when people say like, well, why do bad things happen? Or, you know, how could a good God allow? It's like, well, I, I'm just, I'm just letting you know, like the God of the Christian faith, like that's literally promised to us in this yeah. world. Yeah. Because in John 16, um, Jesus is speaking and he said, I've told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Yeah. In this world, so you're not talking about heaven. This isn't, this isn't the next, it's but earth. in this world, you will. Not like you might or oh, there's good chances. Like yeah. You will have trouble. And we were talking about already, not that the three of us around this table are old by any means, but we've just said like already we have lived enough life where that word peace Mm-hmm. is becoming like more and more the goal of life, right? Like it's less and less yeah. like, oh, I just so want nice. like all the success or all the money or all that. Like it's just like, just peace. You yeah. know what I mean? Just like calmness, just yeah. like that, that absence of anxiety or fear exactly. or stress. Pure like, happiness. Yeah. And Jesus says, it is in me. He says, in me, you may have peace. So he doesn't refer to circumstances. He doesn't refer to certainty. He doesn't say like things will be all right one day. He just says, stay connected to me mm. and you will yeah. have peace. Right. I, I think there's verses that maybe add some confusion. I think about, you know, we were talking Romans eight twenty eight says, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. But a verse like that doesn't mean that everything will be good. Oh. That's not what that verse is saying yeah. at all. He's just saying, I can take painful things. I can take broken things. I can take sinful things and I can make good come out of yeah. them. Yeah. But that's not like any kind of promise that like yeah. bad will never happen. So oh. I just think it's so helpful to clarify for people having trust or, you know, having faith does not mean that, oh, like things will start going better. You know, absolutely. If yeah, you have exactly. you know, more faith. Um, so one of the things that we talked about in the episode, one of the verses was Hebrews 13, eight, which says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today, and forever. So that's connected to that last verse we just said, where he says, in me, like in the person of Jesus, not in circumstances, Mm -hmm. but in the person of Jesus. And part of the reason you can trust in him is because he is certain, Mm -hmm. like he is the same yesterday and today and forever. So I think about like you eight and a half years ago, uh, you, your freshman year, like coming to North Point, like your lives are different from then. And you had no idea. You could not have predicted how your world would change, how your circumstances would change, right? But Jesus was the same, you know, when you came in elementary school yeah. and when you came freshman year. He was the same then, and he's the same right Still now in this moment, and he'll be the same whenever we leave this world. Yeah. Um, you know, Matt clarified in the episode that Jesus, his, his character is the same. His, yeah. his promises are the same. Like, those things never change. And um, at some point in life, I think we just kind of have to make that decision to be like, do I want to keep trusting in me? When like I can't even keep my, yeah. my own goals, much less like, you know, everything the Bible speaks to and yeah. all of that. Or do I want to keep trusting in circumstances? 
that always seem to change. I keep mm. doing that throughout this whole quarantine process. Yeah. I'm like, man, I hope this comes back. I hope football comes back. Or yeah. I hope whatever, you know. Yeah. And I keep hoping for more circumstances, Never even does. though circumstances just let me down. Yeah. Or we can say, like, I can do something different. Like, I'm not going to do the insanity thing over and over again and expect a different result. Like, I'm going to do something different, and I'm going to place my trust in the person of Jesus, even if I don't know exactly what that yeah. means today. Like, I'm going to go in that direction. Um, and then the last one that we had talked about is this, and I think this is the one I'd want to camp on with you guys and talk about some of our, our Africa experiences and stuff like that, <laughs> too. Um, but Proverbs 3, verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. So there's multiple parts of that. One, I like how when he uses the word trust, he says lean. Like there's a physical leaning, like where are you going to put your weight in? Mm -hmm. Again, it's not just like a belief or a feeling. There's an action-oriented. And then he says in all your ways, acknowledge him, or in all your ways, submit to him. So sometimes I think we just make this more confusing than it needs to be. Um, I think the hardest part is just the action. It's not always necessarily knowing what we need yeah. to do. Yeah. Um, but when we talk about trust, it's, it's like, you know, if we were to just talk about trust in any normal relationship, like to, to trust somebody, you're going to communicate with them, Yeah. right? To trust somebody, you're going to spend time with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you really trust them, like you're going to hand them parts of your life that, you right. know, are, are important to you and trust yeah. that they're not going to, you know, hurt you with yeah. it, right? Exactly. Trust that you're going to take care yeah. of those parts of your life. So, you know, whether it's your time or your finances or your secrets yeah. or whatever it is that you trust somebody with um it's the action of mm-hmm. right yeah, doing something um which is different than belief i think we talk yeah. you can believe in somebody like you can believe one oh. that they're real because <laughs> you see them yeah. but two in their potential uh and that's different from trusting somebody oh, yeah. and so i think that's just such a good distinction for people so i think a lot of people are like well what does it mean to trust god it's like it's kind of shortening that time span in between when you know what you need to do and actually doing it like when mm-hmm. you know what god has called you to or you know what he's focused on and actually mm-hmm. doing it Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you guys, you know, would add things to that, but I think it's like, when, you know, maybe there's a secret and you're like, I know I shouldn't be keeping the secret. Like, I know I need to tell somebody. I don't need to yeah. tweet it, but like, oh, I need yeah. to, I, you know, I need to talk to my small group, but I need to talk to a trusted friend or whatever, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I know I need to do that. Or there's this habit, you know, and I just yeah. keep going back to the same habit or I keep trying to numb with the same thing or there's this person or, you know, this yeah. relationship that I know is toxic for me or I know always pulls me off course. Like, and I know I shouldn't keep going back to that place or that group yeah. or, you know, um, it, it's reading my Bible. Like I, I know my faith would probably be stronger and I'd probably trust God if I just spent more time with him, but I just never do it. You know, so there's, there's all of these different things. Um, would you guys add anything to that? Just the action side of the, the trust side of what we're talking about, not just being a feeling or an emotion. I, mean, I think you hit on most of it, how it's not just believe and everything will be great, but it's more of you have to take those actions, take those steps for the good to come out kind yep. of thing. But yep. it's not always going to be there. Yep. There's going to be times where there's no good whatsoever. You can't see any good in any way, shape, or form. But God is working on that good and on you and within you mm-hmm. to create that good. Mm-hmm. It's kind of how I look at it. Yeah. Yep. And I, I love how in this verse it says, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart and in all yeah. your ways mm-hmm. submit to him. Because I think for us, like we tend to like trust God with just the things like we can't control. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go get a lottery ticket and pray that I, you know, win $20 million yeah. or whatever, because exactly. I can't control yeah. that. But there's so much, at least in America, that we feel like we can control. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we, we've gotten to travel together to Kenya. We went uh, this yeah. past year, and we're hoping Choo-choo. for a round two this year, but yes. uh, it's not really the case. You yep. can't really leave the U.S. at all right now. <laughs> um, but, 
you know, when we were there, well, you and I, we, I mean, it was almost the end for us. Yeah. Uh, in that we were close. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We have a bond now. I don't think. <laughs> I know. We'll never be You're broken. through a near-death experience <laughs> together. Yeah. yeah. I don't even know if I've told Emily the story, if she's going to find out about it. Usually <laughs> when I'm in near-death scenarios, like they happen a lot. Um, <laughs> I try not to tell Emily because she panics. But uh, but we, we were going to the safari at the end of the trip, mm-hmm. which is like, yeah. how long is that drive, y'all? Like, like seven. It's, like, it's so long. Are you talking about the time in the Jeep? Or? Yeah, like the little Jeep's trying to get to the safari and yeah. we're on that bumpy oh, road. Oh, oh. Like, yeah. yeah. Like that was a couple hours. That was, that was like, long. It was like four or five hours. Yeah. We're, and half yeah. the road's like unpaved. There's oh, these giant, I don't think any of like, it was paved. <laughs> There's no yeah. paved road. Yeah. So you basically, I, I don't even know how to make people, it's almost like a bad traffic story. If you're not there, maybe it's not that interesting, but it's like, <laughs> basically it's, it's all like just cloudy all around you. Cause it's just like unpaved road. Rocks. So dust yeah. is just being kicked up. So you can't like really see around you. It's yeah. an unpaved road. So there's like these huge divots everywhere. You're like flying, like hitting your head <laughs> on the ceiling of the car yeah. and like Jump. rattling, you know, you're like rattling. No type of seatbelts. Yeah, ex- exactly. For like four or five hours. Mind yeah. you, this thing that we were in had no windows. Yeah, no, <laughs> no windows at all. So like dust, like a, everything yeah. was all hitting us at the same time. Well, I think yeah. when you say no window, it just sounds like the windows were rolled down. Yeah. I'm talking like it yeah. was like half of the right. door was just not didn't there. exist. Like there. you, yeah. where you you're sitting up right. to your knee. Right. It was like yeah, your knees were next to the part of the window that was gone. Like exactly. If you get pushed, you're out. Like yeah, you're, yeah. You're exactly. And, and if and we're on 150 miles an hour, I don't know how it's going, <laughs> but it feels like, I mean, these guys just have was, no fear. I don't know how they know oh where yeah. they're going, but they just go. I don't think they do. Yeah, it's I think wild. they just go. That's probably why it's so long. It's like 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, you're just, just going, going in a circle. circle. Yeah. But they, there's like this cloud that you can't see more, I don't know, oh. 10 yards in front of you. And all of a sudden, a truck comes like out of the cloud in our direction. Literally. Yeah. Our guy like swerves, like a wheel kind of comes off the ground, like swerves to the side. And, and go so truth. close to my side of whatever that is, not a window, but yeah, the open door thing. Yeah. <laughs> that I almost, you know. Yeah. Literally, like, right next to it. Yeah. Like, if it w- would have been, like, an inch or any closer. I mean, we were head-on collision. We were done. <laughs> yeah. If my arm's out the window, it is gone. It, it is isn't chopped Kenya. off, gone. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and we're in the middle of nowhere. Yes. <laughs> in talk, Africa. Talk about uncertainty. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we would, like, we'd be done. Yeah. Any, anyways, but the point of that is, I mean, we we were meeting people in Kenya, and now people that we like care about, have relationships yeah. with, that we love, that we want to support, like that are literally trusting God for the next meal in their life, yeah. Yeah. right? And I think it's still we've been there, and we can't even comprehend that. But I think yeah. talking to these people, it sinks in a little more. I remember asking uh, my friend David there, I was trying to, you know, talk to him about his life and, you know, where he works and, and all this kind of stuff and how it's hard to find work. And, and we were talking about literally meals. And yeah. I was like, have you, have you ever had to like miss meals? And he laughed. Like he just thought it was yeah. the cutest thing that I would ask that. <laughs> Cause he was like that, that's just all yeah. the time. I mean, we, we don't eat three meals a day. Like we just, yeah. you know, he was like, yeah, if you don't find lunch, hopefully dinner, if you can't find dinner, you wake up in the morning, you look for breakfast. He's like, it, it, you know, I, sometimes I've gone days. That's just like what you do here. That's just yeah. normal, you know. You don't know if you're gonna have shelter. Like you don't know. Yeah, there was kids sleeping it's in the dumpsters. Yeah, like, it was insane. You talk about loss. I mean, we're we're blessed in that. Like you guys having experienced loss young. It does. It's not to minimize your loss well, or yeah. any loss we've experienced, but you guys are almost in a rare category about how much you've experienced young. I mean, all of these people have double-digit people oh, yeah. that they know yeah. and love and care about that have passed yeah. away. And from. they talk about it openly, yeah. too. It's not, it's not is, a weird thing for yeah. them. Like yeah. It's, it's just, just normal. It's like expected, whether it's disease or it's starvation or it's, you know, they were living outside and, you know, had no shelter, whatever it is. I mean, there's so many things that, that it's just so common yeah. for them. And yet at the same time, there is like, there's no bitterness or resentment or anger towards yeah. God. Like, Which is 
crazy. It's it's hard to because yeah. here anything, that is such a yeah, yeah, it's such a big thing here in America. Yeah. yeah. That it's like the first person you can be angry at is God because right. you went through that loss. But there it's like Yeah. Every day is so amazing and cherished. Yeah. yeah. That it's like it's just crazy how much they love God so much and they have so little. Yeah. Happiest people on earth. The happiest people I've ever met in my entire life. It's wild. Yeah. It, it's, they just don't, you know, in the U.S. we have this expectation like we're owed things. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like like we're owed a comfortable, happy we life. We deserve everything. Big houses and cars and, yeah. and health and for our loved ones to be safe. Like we just have this expectation. And there they're like, we don't feel like we're owed anything. Yeah. Like everything we get is a blessing for yeah. God. And like, you know, he is he is the way out of a lot of this, you know, this poverty, this yeah. pain, this, you know, et cetera, that they experience. And so... It is wild to watch, um, you know, to make the assumption that because bad things happen, people would run from God. It, it's actually yeah. so often you experience people that have gone through pain and they realize, well, there's like, there's nothing else I can turn to. Yeah. There, there's no other option that I have, you know, but a God who loves me. And yeah. so you see that a lot as well. There's people that will try and yep. there's nothing. You can't, can't find anything. They should yep. come back and they realize that that is the, yep. the option. Yeah. So I do think it's it's hard for us to have perspective on that living in the world that we and we shouldn't feel you know guilty for living here or whatever it is, yeah. but just the reality that there's so much in our life that we don't have to trust God for, if mm-hmm. you will. Meaning, you know, yeah. most people listening to this podcast uh, haven't wondered where their next meal is going to come from, etc. Yeah. That um, you know, then we just kind of start to blame them for for bigger things mm-hmm. as opposed to be grateful for all these things that we do have. Yeah. So. Um, I know it's been a, you know, a long conversation. I think if we were whittle it down to, to one thing, it is, it's that acknowledge in all your ways. It's just, yeah. there's any area of your life where you just, you know, God has spoken where you haven't invited them into. It's the action. It's the trust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe a belief or maybe a feeling will follow, you know, maybe there'll be a yeah. time where you feel like, you know, man, it's rewarding. I'm glad I did that. I feel good about it emotionally, but the emotion doesn't have to be there to trust, oh, yeah. to put your weight in. Yeah. Um, totally. You know, we use the example of every time you get in a car, you're, you're trusting it's going to get you somewhere. Every time you sit in a chair, you yeah. trust it's going to. I mean, that's that's the action-oriented piece that I think is so clarifying. Well, thank you guys uh, for, again, for joining the conversation, for your time, for, yeah. uh, you know, being vulnerable with your stories and talking about some some hard moments that you have been through and are still in, you know, in the midst of. Um and uh, hopefully, you know, this conversation was, was helpful to some people listening. Yeah. We have our first driveway groups kicking off this week. Ooh. So we get to be together uh, in person. Uh, make sure that you guys are, are following us uh, on, on Instagram. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel uh, so you don't miss anything. So you can find out where we're having those groups, etc. cetera. Um, it was uh, awesome having a conversation with y'all today. Sure. Thanks yeah. for having us. Thank you for having us. And uh, yeah, we will see you guys on our next podcast.